God is good. I'm telling you. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about traditions. Man, I'm talking about relationship. And there is such a difference between religion and relationship. And today we are here celebrating that relationship. We're celebrating the relationship that Christ Jesus, Christ the Lord, invested himself on our behalf. Does that make sense? Because of our sin that separates us from God, which is what the Bible says. The Bible says that our sin separates us from God. And God is never happy to leave it there. We are his children. We belong to him. And he desires that we are close to him. And today we are celebrating what Christ did on our behalf. You see, Christ Jesus stood in the gap for us. It was our sin. It was us that deserved to be on that cross instead of him. You see, he was perfect. Never sinned. Can you imagine? I can't imagine. Okay. Never sinned. So he was perfect. He was the only begotten of the Father, the Bible says. He was spotless, meaning he had no sin on him. And in those days prior to Jesus Christ, what had to be sacrificed as a sin offering, in, according to the Bible, was a spotless firstborn lamb. Spotless firstborn lamb. They call Jesus the Lamb of God. Maybe you saw on our sign out front today, it's not about the money. Got nothing to do with the money. (laughs) Those things are fun, okay? And they're colorful. But it's got nothing to do with the bunny. It has everything to do with the Lamb. It's all about the Lamb. The spotless sacrificial lamb. Well, why did Jesus have to die? You see, Jesus died willingly. He stepped in our place. Maybe when you were younger, I will refer to myself because I'm sure that you were never in this sort of position, but when I was younger, a few years ago, (coughs) my tie's a little too tight. A few years ago, when I would get in trouble, I would have to stand before my father. He was the one that I had to answer to. And though he was never physical with me, never, I mean, he spanked me. He told me and taught me right from wrong, but he was never beyond. You know what I mean? But I I feared my dad. Because of that. And so when I had done something wrong, I would have to answer to my father for it. And it would be as if 
someone stood in my place, if my father would allow that, stood in my place and said, here, sir, take his sin and put it upon me. Don't charge him with this sin. Allow my sacrifice to be freeing him, if you will, sir. Now, mind you, that never happened. I paid for the things that I did wrong. And it taught me. I learned through that pain. However, in this case, Christ becomes the sacrifice once for all of you and I. You see, the Bible says that we each owe a sin debt. The Bible says in Romans that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That means that not one of us, to even though the best of us Christians, still falls short of what God expects for us. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. God has a standard for his people. Do you understand that? God has a standard that you and I are to live up to. When we don't live up to that, either knowingly or unknowingly, we fall short of God's glory, of what God's standard is for our lives. And in so doing, we sin. Now, you may have heard this reference before. If you go speeding down Main Street in Medina, 50 miles an hour, you will get pulled over. Officer Doyle may be the guy that should do that. He's a friend of mine. Now, listen, if you get pulled over by Officer Doyle, he's going to say, what in the world were you thinking? And you can bat your pretty little eyes at him as much as you want. And you're still going to get a ticket probably. Okay? You can say to him, Officer Doyle, old buddy, old pal, lifelong amigo, I didn't know that the speed limit was 30 miles an hour on this main street. I'm really sorry. I won't do that again. And he's going to say, well, here's something to help you remember. Here's a little something to help you with that, okay? Even though we may not know God's laws, it doesn't excuse us from obeying them. Even though we may not know that the speed limit in Main Street in Medina is 30 miles an hour, we will still pay the price if we sin and go over the speed limit. In the same way, God's law does not change. And so Christ died for us, even though, as it says in Romans 5, it says that God demonstrated his own love for us in this. And we're going to have this up on the screen for you. God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were what? We were yet sinners. Now, let's just stop right there. While we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. Do you understand why that we were yet sinners was put in there? 
because some of us might think at some point in time that, well, because if I'm a good person, Christ might die for me, or if I'm an obedient person, Christ might die for me, but if I'm a sinful person, I've got no hope in the world. But God responds to this. He says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. While we were still maybe not knowing, while we were maybe thumbing our nose at God saying, I don't need you, God. I got this covered. While we were yet in our sin, Christ Jesus died for us. Friends, that is true love. That is a love that goes beyond what the world knows as love. That is an unconditional love. That is the kind of love that looks beyond our sin and sees our sin need. Because of our sin, we are in need of what? A Savior. Because of our sin, we need a Savior. We can't put ourselves back in right standing with God, the best that our sacrifices, the best that our fasting, the best that any of those things could do is, is attempt to cover over a little bit those things. But Christ Jesus the Lord died on the cross to completely atone for, make up for, and wash it away our sins completely. And so what happens when he does that? We stand before a living, active God, and he says, because of the blood of my son, you go free. You know, there is a certain weight that is left on us when we walk away scot-free. There is, in a sense, a responsibility that we have when we have been set free in that way. Can you imagine being someone, I think oftentimes of those, how many uh, um, veterans do we have in the house today? Raise your hands if you're a veteran. All right. Six, eight, nine, ten veterans in the house today. I think of a parent of a veteran that had given his life or her life for the cause of freedom. And yet someone decides to, to stomp on that freedom and does something that just thumbs their nose at the sacrifice that was paid. That would make me as a parent really angry. We see that a lot today, don't we? We see that a lot today. But in this case... God the Father gave his only begotten Son for our freedom. Should we not live our lives to live up to that freedom, to that sacrifice? Have you ever seen the movie Saving Private Ryan? Probably one of my top five favorite movies. All right, raise your hands if you've seen it before. That's a pretty, uh, that's a pretty difficult movie to watch, isn't it? It's probably one of the most real movies depicting war that I've ever seen. And at the end of the movie, Captain John H. Miller says to this Private Ryan, 
and they've barely survived with their lives, and Captain John Miller ends up giving his. And as he's nearly dead, in his last few breaths, he grabs a hold of Private Ryan, and he pulls it towards him, and, and he says... Do you remember that scene? I cried. I cried. And as I'm thinking about all that God had done for me, earn it. And I feel like in my own life even, so many times I have failed to do that. You see, there's no way that we can earn salvation. We can't do it. We can't do it by works. There's, there's just no way to work your way into heaven, but I'll tell you something else. If we are not giving ourselves to the cause for which someone else died, that in itself is sin. Do you understand that? Are you giving yourself to the cause for which Christ Jesus died? Are you taking up that cause of freedom? And are you living a life that is worthy of the death of the Savior? Oh my God. Think about that. Have I been living a life that is worthy of his death? I wonder sometimes as I think about my own life, I remember one day a few years back I was just walking out in my yard and just contemplating my life and, and just talking to God as I do often. And I wondered, and I asked him this question, as you look at my life, would you say that I was worth it? Would you say that I was worth the sacrifice that you paid? Have you ever thought about that? I wonder if he ever looks at me and he thinks, man, not worth it. No, no. No matter what you have done, no matter who you are, no matter where you've come from, no matter what kind of life you've lived, what kind of pain or hurt you've endured, or even kind of pain you've inflicted. Think about that. Whatever disappointments you have had, come to the cross of Jesus. And lay these things down once and for all. We've got an old beat-up cross over here, and we want it that way. We don't want something that looks pretty and painted so beautifully. We want this old rugged-looking thing with holes in it, just as a representation of what Christ Jesus did for us. Where do you stand today? Where do you stand with Christ? The Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved this world, you and me, God so loved you and me that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe on him, should not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. 
And that scripture goes on to say that God did not send his son into this world to condemn the world, to point the finger, you sinner, you dirty scum, how could you do this? He didn't do that. No. God sent his son into the world to save the world through him. The Bible says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus the Lord. There's no condemnation. There's no pointing of the finger. God says, come. Whatever you've done, that's okay. I will still receive you. Have you ever thought to yourself, God will never receive me because of what I have done? I have been too bad. I have sinned too greatly for God to ever forgive me. Jesus can't forgive me. I've been too bad. The Bible says in response to that, baloney. Baloney. Do you follow? What you're saying then is that Christ's sacrifice is not enough to save you. That is not true. That is not true. The Bible says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Jesus conquered sin and death when he was risen from the grave. And that's what we celebrate today. We're not celebrating church. We're not celebrating religion. We are celebrating the resurrected Christ today. And because Christ Jesus has risen from the dead, we too have risen from the dead. How can we raise from How can we be raised from the dead? Our sin kills us basically. Our sin demands death according to the law of God. The Bible says in Romans the wages of sin is death. The wages what we earn by our sin is death, is punishment. But the gift of God, that scripture goes on to say, is eternal life. And only one can give it. Only one. So how are we saved? We're not talking about going on from here. We're not talking about being missionaries. We're not talking about let's just make things real simple today so that we can all understand this. We're talking about me and Jesus. Do you understand? It's about what's between you and the Lord. And because Christ has risen from the dead, he puts you back in right standing with God the Father, even though your sin had separated you. There is nothing that you could do on your own account to do that. Only that of a Savior. Come to the cross. Do you know what's in the cross? There's hope. There's hope in the cross. There's peace in the cross. Do you know 
This kind of peace is not the kind of peace that the world gives. This kind of peace is the kind of peace that only comes from God. It is his kind of peace. He's got the recipe for it, and only he's the one that can give it. Do you hear me? He's the only one that can give that kind of peace. There is love in the cross demonstrated for us. There's love in the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross of Jesus is bloodied with pure blood, the blood of the Savior, the perfect one, the spotless lamb. And he carried our sin to the cross with him. And when he was nailed to the cross, hallelujah, friends, our sin was nailed to the cross with him. And when he died and was laid in the grave, our sin was laid in that grave with him. But when he rose up again, we rose up with him and our sin remained in that dead, God-forsaken tomb. And we are free. There is joy in the cross, joy, unspeakable joy. There is, friends, forgiveness in the cross. There is new life in the cross. Have you ever wondered, thought to yourself, why am I here? What is my purpose? Do you know that you can wander through decades of life aimlessly without a purpose, without a plan, and it seems like time after time you keep going over the same territory. You keep making the same mistakes, and time after time it gets you right back where you started. That ends today. Do you hear me? That ends today. If you will but reach out your hand to the Lord and come and kneel before him, those days are over. God promises. Those days are behind you. The Bible said, if if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. This is God talking. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All the old stuff is gone. Behold, look, everything is new. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. They're created new. They're not fixed. Get this straight. They're not fixed. They're not mended. They are created again new. Born again, brother. That's right. You are born again. You are created new. God creates you once again spiritually, and so you start your life all over again, basically. What? Yeah, God is giving you a second chance. Yeah, but pastor, I've done all this stuff. Shh, shh, stop it. You don't have to convince me. God knows where you've been. He knows what you've done. He's seen everything. Nothing is beyond the sight of God. He sees it all. You don't have to explain anything to him. He knows it already. And he still loves you anyway. Do you get that? Oh, man. 
Man, be blessed by that today. Receive that. Let that just permeate your mind. Let it permeate your heart. Christ Jesus is reconciling us, as that scripture says, reconciling us to God the Father. He redeemed us. When you take back cans, redeem means to to get back, to buy something back. When you take back your cans, right, or your bottles, you get something back. You get your deposit back. You get that ever-precious nickel that you hate to pay when you're buying stuff. You get it back. Christ Jesus redeemed us by his own blood. He bought us back. And gave us to the Father with his own blood. In Isaiah chapter 53, I want to focus. This scripture is just, this scripture blows me away. This whole. This whole chapter, 53, blows me away. But I want to focus on verses 4 through 6. Now this Isaiah was not a peer of Jesus. He was not in the same time of Jesus. He was a prophet 600 years or so before Jesus ever even came to this earth. Do you understand that? 600 years. Now listen to what is spoken of, of this Christ Jesus the Lord. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God. He must have been something bad that God would punish him in such a way. We considered him punished by God. Stricken by him and afflicted. Now listen to this. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace. Listen to this. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. So all of our sin, that scripture right there is telling us that all of our sins the sins that had been committed up until that time, and the sins that would ever be committed in the future were heaped upon him as he was nailed to the cross. That baffles my mind. But it's his sacrifice, his perfect, pure, spotless blood shed on the cross of Calvary that has saved us, friends, from our sin. Don't let lies that you've been told keep you from what God has for you. Don't let those things keep you from the love that God has for you. Don't do it. Don't allow yourself to be separated from God. That's not what he wants. The Bible says, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. That's what he wants. Amen. How long, I wonder, I want you to ask yourselves this, just to yourselves. How long have you allowed lies 
guilt, fear, and you can fill in the blank to keep you from a relationship with God. How long have you allowed that? And I'm not just talking visitors today. I'm talking people that have been in church forever. How long are you going to allow lies to keep you from a relationship with God? Not talking church, not talking religion. We're talking relationship. In the Bible, it is this this book right here, this Bible is God's love letter, if you will, to you and to me. And in it, and every corner, every mistake in this Bible, you know there's tons of mistakes in this Bible. Some pretty nasty stuff. Pretty nasty stuff in here, if we're being truthful, okay? But at every single corner in those decisions, God is waiting to show his love and to display himself, to show his might and his power and his love for you That's why we're here today, friends. We're here to celebrate that love. Would you stand with me today? When I was young, I would be playing outside and we always had a lot of land to run and play and sometimes I would ride my bike off of our property or things like that and my my mom most of the time would have to yell out the door Russ time to eat okay normally I'd be there in a matter of seconds But sometimes she would have to continue to call me. Russ, time to eat. And she would beckon me. Come on, it's time to eat. Sometimes I didn't want to come in because I was playing with stuff. I didn't want to be bothered by it. (laughs) Go figure. But she would call to me and beckon me to come home. Beckon me to come in. God is beckoning you today. He has called you before and you have turned him away. Don't let that be the case today. Don't let that happen to you today. Today, respond. Respond to God. There's a scripture in the Bible, Jeremiah 29, 11. And it says this, and I want you to hear this. This is God's heart towards you, his kids. Okay? Just follow along here. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and I will answer you. You're going to call upon me, I'm going to hear you. I'm going to recognize your voice. You're going to recognize my voice. And we're going to have a relationship. The Bible says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. Anyone who opens the door to me, I will come in and we will sup together. 
And what is insinuated in that supping together, that eating together? We're going to sit down. We're going to have us a time. We're going to, I'm going to bring peace to your house. I'm going to bring peace to your life. I'm going to bring peace to your heart where there is none. I want to be at peace with you. And in chap, chapter 23 of Psalm, the, the most quoted scripture in, in all of the Bible, it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Enemies creates a, a feeling of war, a, a feeling of angst, a feeling of anger, a feeling of fear. And God says, when you're in those times in your life, I want to bring peace to you. I want to come and prepare a table for you where you and me can sit down and we're going to have some fun, just you and me talking together. That's what God wants to do for you. He is not a God that is waiting to stomp on you when you make a mistake. That's not the kind of God that sacrifice shows. God loves you more than you love yourself. He knows you better than you know yourself. Today, when you hear the word of God, respond. Don't let this time pass. Some of you I've never seen before in my life. Some of you I see once a year on days like this, maybe twice a year, maybe Christmas. Okay? And we can all chuckle and give our elbows and stuff, and, and that's fun. And, but seriously, seriously, what would happen if today you're pulling out this driveway and somebody's passing coming over that hill and you're looking that way and there's two cars coming down the lanes right here and you get hit? Your life is over right then and there. Where are you going to go if your life ends today? Where are you going to go? Are you going to go to heaven and forever be with the Lord whom you trusted with your soul? Or are you going to go to hell where God is not and there is a place reserved for those who have rejected continually Christ? I don't say these things to scare you. That's not my intention. But you know as well as I do that that could happen. God forgive. God help us. God is reaching out his hand to you and to me. What will you do? The ball is now in your court. You have heard the truth. You have heard the Bible. You have heard the love that Christ has for you. And all that has been given on your behalf. What will you do? We're going to sing a song. And I don't care if you are a Christian. I don't care if you're somebody who has never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It doesn't matter to me. It's not up to me. This is between you and God. When we sing, you get up here. You don't wait around. You don't go hide. You don't go use the bathroom. You don't leave. This is time for you to do business with God. No hiding.
Cool? This is between you and God. Would you just pray with me for a moment? Heavenly Father, we come before you today. Lord, we recognize our own sin need. We recognize our failures, our faults, things, Lord, that we have done to either reject you, to disobey you, or just simply that we haven't known. Father, we pray that you would forgive us our sins. We pray, O Lord, that you would put us back in right standing with God the Father. Today we receive what Jesus has done on our behalf. We receive the cleansing from the blood of Jesus Christ the Lord. Today we stand up out of the driver's seat of our lives and we allow you, O Lord, to be the driver, to sit in the driver's seat of our lives. I pray for those that have come forward, Lord. I pray for those that are still in their seats and they're still praying that prayer. I pray your spirit over all of them. I pray that your spirit would fill them from head to toe. I pray that you would cleanse them, that you would wash them clean. And I pray that they would not go home the same people that they came in here today. I pray that you would open their eyes to the truth. Open their eyes to the love that you have for them. Because it's only love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.